when it comes to the enforcement situation, when you're wanting to use your trademark rights, having the registered trademark when you're dealing with a, a mark that might be considered to be descriptive can make all the difference. You're listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law. Today, we are talking about the area of trademarks and in particular, how to deal with a descriptive trademark because this is an issue that comes up time and time again. So, of course, I have brought along our resident expert, Grace Yee, who heads up our IP and trademarks division to talk to us today about what to do if we think we have a descriptive trademark. Hi, Grace. Welcome on board. Hi, Joe. Nice to be here. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. Well, look, Grace, let's start off with what a descriptive trademark is. Maybe you can just give a little bit of an overview for people who don't have a lot of background in trademarks and may not understand exactly what we're talking about when we say a descriptive trademark. Yeah, so I think we might have touched on this on one of our earlier podcasts, but it's good to talk about it in some more detail. Essentially, a descriptive trademark is a mark that directly describes a character or quality or an aspect of the goods or services that are being provided under the trademark. So with trademarks, for them to be registrable as a trademark and for the trademarks office to accept for registration, the the trademark has to be sufficiently distinctive. We have the concept of all trademarks falling somewhere on a spectrum where on one end the trademark is highly generic or descriptive and on the other end they're highly unique and distinctive. And so what we want is for the trademark to be up the distinctive end and I thought it'd be good today to talk about what actually makes a trademark distinctive as opposed to descriptive and then just talk about ways that you can make them more distinctive. Yeah, great. Okay. And I think it's a really important point because what happens out there often when people come up with a brand for a new business or a new good or service that they are delivering is they often come up with something that they feel will be readily understood and recognised by the market in relation to what they're providing. And the issue with this is we have this tension between a marketing approach versus a legal approach, I guess, in terms of what you can actually protect down the line. So I I guess we really see this play out in practice when people have got words as part of their business or company name or as part of their product name that are entirely Mm. generic or descriptive of what it is that they do. And And that's where this issue comes in, right? Yes, absolutely. And I totally understand. I've, I mean, even recently I was speaking to a client about this exact issue and I explained to him the sorts of things that make a trademark really unique. And of course, one of the examples that 
comes up over and over again are the marks like Apple or Coca-Cola. Both of those are very, very strong distinctive marks because they have nothing to do with the service or the product that is provided under mm. the mark. All the words like Google, I guess, and, yeah, <laughs> you know. That's right. All these made-up words that have no meaning in the English language in the case of um, Google and Coca-Cola. But with, with Apple, it's, it's distinctive because it has nothing to do with computers. Mm. But the point that the client was making was, well, yes, I, I, I care. I understand that. But those companies have huge budgets for marketing and they can educate the market as to what they're providing. Mm. And I guess that's the reason why a lot of startup companies or businesses choose marks that are more on the the descriptive end because Mm. they don't have a concept of the tools that you can use to try and help words that still convey something and explain what you're doing, but in a roundabout way, in a way that still makes the mark distinctive. So I think Mm. this is really useful for, for anyone who is at that brand creation stage. Yeah. And look, let's talk about, I I mean, let's make it clear, I guess, why there are issues in any event with the descriptive mark. So number one, if if your mark is highly descriptive, then the trademarks office is going to say, we're not going to give you protection because trademark protection provides monopoly right protection, essentially. And we're not going to put you in the position where you can tell other traders not to use words that are generic and descriptive of the market, that they would generally maybe want to use in conversation that relates to the market or the industry, you know, without intending to infringe your rights. So that's the one area. And then another area is completely aside from the whole trademarks area in terms of what the trademarks office will or won't accept is the concept of enforceability. How is it that you can stop a company from using a mark if that mark is highly descriptive? And the answer is it can be quite difficult. But as you said earlier, this is all about a spectrum. So, I mean, obviously there's some marks that are extremely highly descriptive, but there are some that are in that spectrum between descriptive and distinctive that where we can probably work on them to a degree to get them across the line. But always what we say to our customers is let's work through first why it is that you want a trademark registration in the first place and let's make sure we're getting the right protection then that meets up with your requirements from that protection. Maybe if you can talk a little bit more about what we should do if we already have a descriptive trademark that we're using in relation to our company or the goods and services. Yeah. So if you're at that early stage where you've just come up with a name and you haven't actually started using the mark yet. So we're talking about a business now who are essentially at that startup stage and are thinking about a brand and you've come to us. And if we pick up on this as being an issue, we'll talk to you about what you might be able to do if after having spoken to you about the, the inherent problems with a, a mark that's more up this descriptive end. And and it might be that we suggest you tweak something in your mark. So the sorts of marks that are more up that distinctive end are words that are completely invented. So completely invented words or coined words that don't exist in the English language, they're really, really distinctive marks. And so words like Adidas, where it's a portmanteau or a combination of somebody's initials and and somebody's surname, that can be very 
distinctive and a word like Skype, which is a conjoined word, meaning sky peer-to-peer, is very distinctive. So these sorts of marks are immediately protectable and highly distinctive. So if something like that works for you, then you might want to take up that sort of idea or approach for your brand. Okay, but what you're talking about here essentially is if an organisation has the opportunity to rebrand, then this is what we might sort of be looking at in terms of how we would be rebranding our mark. If uh, I guess this is for organisations who are either right at the initial phase of branding a new product or service or have had major issues because later on down the line they've realised that their highly descriptive mark isn't working for them because they can't keep out the competitors and they're finding it really hard to differentiate themselves from their competitors. So they're needing to rebrand and certainly we see a lot of that. Obviously, it's best to make the right decisions right at the outset. And then, but I guess let's talk then about organisations that already have Mm. a descriptive mark. So let's say not highly descriptive, but a mark that sort of is sitting there in the grey area of somewhat descriptive and not highly distinctive, but something that they've built up a lot of goodwill under. Because I think that's a really good example of many types of clients Mm. who come to us because they have had issues getting protection with, you, you know, perhaps if they've tried it themselves or used other lawyers who aren't experts in the area. Uh, then they come to us to try and get those marks registered. Maybe if we talk about what the benefit is still of them registering a mark, even though they've got a mark that is somewhat descriptive. Yeah, so I think you hit the nail on the head. The concept here of distinctiveness and descriptiveness, it's very grey. So so even though you might think, oh, my, my trademark's got some descriptive elements in it, it's best to come and get it checked out because we've had lots of cases where we've been successful in getting words contained in the mark registered as a trademark based on submissions to the trademarks office where we argue essentially and put our arguments forward as to why we believe the trademark is sufficiently distinctive and based on those sorts of submissions where we really do have to go back to quoting lots of case law and and there is a lot of case law discussion because it's it's a grey area and courts have to come in and make decisions and some, you know, help make some helpful guidelines as to what sorts of marks are sufficiently distinctive and, and how the examination should be done. We can make those sorts of mis- submissions and we have been successful in getting trademark over the line, which mm. is can make all the difference between having an unregistered trademark and a registered trademark. And the real benefit here is that when it comes to the enforcement situation when you're wanting to use your trademark rights, having the registered trademark when you're dealing with a, a mark that might be considered to be descriptive can make all the difference. And again, we've had lots of successful situations where using a trademark registration for a mark that might have been considered to be descriptive in, at the beginning, we've been able to get a competitor to just immediately stop using a similar trademark and infringe on our client's trademark rights. Absolutely. It's really important. And that's what it's about at the end of the day, isn't it? You know, it's about if you have spent a lot of time building up that reputation under a mark and you feel it's got sufficient value that you want to continue using it, even though it's somewhat descriptive, but you've noticed that there's competitors out in the marketplace that are using a similar mark, having a trademark registration 
gives us that ability to to make such a stronger move on the competitor than if we didn't have a registered trademark. And, and I guess at the end of the day, that's the biggest advantage to having a trademark registration. The ease with which it provides you the ability to take action against competitors who are using similar marks as opposed to the harder position that you would be in without that registered trademark to take action to stop people from using the mark. Absolutely. And it can work both ways because it's also providing you with that protection. If somebody else wants to say, come to you and say that they've got issues with your use of the mark, having it protected, um, registered gives you that protection against that sort of situation as well. As a defensive measure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, the other thing that we should really talk about in terms of the registration benefits in this sort of situation is that registration itself can help create the situation where you're preventing other similar marks from getting onto the register, i.e. you're preventing other people from getting trademark registrations. And that's a really, really critical element. I mean, we've had lots of clients that have been dealing with other lawyers before us and then come to us and unfortunately been in the situation where for whatever reason, they've missed the ability to get on the trademarks register as quickly as possible and other competitors have gotten in first. And that's a, um, you know, it's a really unfortunate situation because because trademark registration really is that first in best dress type of situation. Absolutely. Yep. So act early and act on your trademarks, regardless of whether you think it might be descriptive or not. Great. Okay. All right. Well, look, I think that's a really good outline of the benefits of looking at protection of a descriptive trademark and what to do if you have a descriptive trademark. So just as a quick recap, in this episode, we talked about descriptive trademarks. We talked about what they are, what makes a trademark descriptive versus distinctive, what the issue is with a descriptive trademark and what to do if you have a descriptive trademark. So the action steps moving forward if you have a descriptive trademark is if you're in the early stage of use, then maybe you might have the opportunity to tweak or change it. And we can certainly help provide pointers about the tweaks and changes that may make all the difference at the end of the day. Or alternatively, if you're at a later stage of use and you've really started to build up some goodwill under that mark, but you just want to get that protection to try and stop other traders from using marks that are too similar, then you have the opportunity to get a trademark registration. Maybe not for the mark in and of itself, but maybe for elements of the mark or elements of the mark combined with other elements of the mark. But in any event, getting a registration can make all the difference. Great. Okay. All right. So look, if you would like more information about this topic, head over to our website at talkinglaw.com.au. Through that website, you'll be able to get a transcript of this podcast episode if you'd like to read it in more detail. And you'll also be able to get a trademark information pack if you're interested in finding out how trademark registration might work for you. There, you can also find details of how to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal if you'd like help with any of the items we covered today. And finally, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks for coming along, Grace, and sharing all of your trademark knowledge once again. It was my pleasure, Joe. <laughs> Great. All right. And thanks to you for listening in. You've been listening to Talking Law. 
See you next time. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au.